Craft Beer Radio, episode 96, November 23rd, 2007. Thank Craft Beer Radio listeners. Two real quick announcements before the show. If you still haven't received your Craft Beer Radio anniversary DVD or the prize that you may have won, send me an email at jeff at craftbeerradio.com so we can get that straightened out. You should have it by now. And the second thing is that we're finally going to have that second Beer Geek Roundtable. Go to the website and you'll find information in the message boards. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. I'm Jeff Bear. And joining us... I'm Anthony Popowitz. And Anthony is a good friend of mine. He's here to join us for this uh, big, dark show. Yes, we're doing a, uh, since we have three people, let's do some strong beers. Let's do some big bottles. So we have uh, a couple stouts, a couple porters. Should be a good show. Absolutely. going to start off with the Dundee Porter from Golden Valley Brewery. This was uh, sent to us courtesy of Rick Sellers. Thank you, Rick. Pacific Brew News and... Chief Beer Officer of Draft Magazine. And we got a bunch of styrofoam around the neck of the bottle. That's what happens when you ship these sometimes. Styrofoam gets caught up under in the counter. So, not a lot of different news between here and the last time. We didn't talk about everything. We didn't mention the, the uh, Sam Hindi thing. Yeah. So, we should talk about that briefly. It's a terrible thing that's happened to. Uh, to Sam Hindi, who is uh, the son of Steve Hindi from Brooklyn Brewery, he unfortunately has passed. Uh, we want to give our regards to uh, Steve and everybody at Brooklyn Brewery and uh, our condolences. He had a bicycling accident in Manhattan and uh, died, unfortunately. So hopefully uh, everyone at Brooklyn Brewery and Steve and the Hindi family are are all doing well. So our, we and our thoughts are with them in this absolutely. tough time. Okay, so this is the Dundee Porter from Golden Valley Brewery. I know nothing about this beer or brewery. Pours really black with a small little head on it. You guys are gonna have to be my smells. You have to be my surrogate nose for tonight. I think. <laughs> so in the aroma here, I'm it, obviously it smells like a robust porter. You get right. a lot of dark roasts, uh, bordering on the sooty side of it. Right, really, really roasty, ashy, ashy and roasty. Oh, and I'm now second aroma. Tons of coffee aroma as well. I mean, it, it smells like uh, just a regular run-of-the-mill black coffee. I'm getting like aromas of that off the beer too. Morning time. <laughs> Hardly a lick ahead on this one. Actually, I'm getting more and more coffee as I smell it. I, I'm getting that too. Hmm. They have a description on the side here. It's a robust style porter with delicious roasted malt, complex chinook, bittering hops, finished with Liberty and Tetanger hops. It's a lot more bitter than I would have expected. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, almost citrusy hop flavor coming in there. Oh, that's strange. I'm tasting a, a flavor that, to me, it's coming across as oxidized. I mean, this strange... Sweetness. It's not quite cardboard. It's a it's weird sweet sherry. Dark malts tend to oxidize faster. Yeah. And uh, this one does taste a bit oxidized to me. My first sip was kind of all over the place. Yeah, it doesn't taste roasty like, like you would expect from, at least from what you guys are describing. Yeah, the, uh, the aroma is so much, so much coffee for not having coffee in it. 
And I'm getting a little bit in the flavor. But then I'm getting this... Let's see, how can I describe this oxidation? That's it's also not quite as full. It's a little bit uh, aqueous. It's not quite... doesn't have that full texture that I, I would expect out of a really mm-hmm. robust porter. It's almost a hint of... Um, Mm. I feel a little hint of like imperial stout on the back tongue, like afterwards, like like a little bit on, on the aftertone. Really? How would you like a like a little burny, you know, on the back on the back? Of so your a little tongue. bit of that, maybe an alcohol burning or something. Yeah, a little bit. Of it alcohol. also finishes with a bit of raisiny too, which might be contributing to it. But I think I'm actually picking out a little bit of um, something along the lines of um, acetone or something in here. You might be onto something. It's, it's buried in all the chocolate malt, yeah. but I think that sweetness, that sweeter part, is coming across from the the higher alcohols and like the acetone coming across. Yeah, it's different. And in the in the, uh, the low carbonation is not helping hide any of that either. <laughs> I kind of expected something a little bit more creamy, you know, a little bit mm-hmm. more full, and it doesn't come through like that. Right? No, no, not very creamy at all. Could you guys tell me more about this brewery? No, <laughs> no, not really. We don't know this, much about it. This was it. one sent to us. It's a West Coast brewery, um, California, or Oregon. Yes, no. Oh, yeah, it is in Oregon. It's in um, McMinnville, McMinnville, Oregon. They opened in 1993, and this beer is uh, finally ahead. some of the roast is coming through oh, yeah? in the flavor, in the aftertaste. Because uh, it was really hidden by what seemed almost like a citrusy kind of uh, fl- uh, floral note from the hops. And now finally a little bit of roast is coming through on top of that. But it's taking a while. Ironically, though, it's relatively easy to drink. Yeah, the drinkability is... I mean, you could put the glass of this back, you know, fairly easy. It's not, you know, it's not forcing you to stop and... and uh, Trying to discover it, trying to capture the essences, uh, but it is—I mean—it's going down pretty smoothly. The um, I, I'm having a hard time getting around that acetone flavor that's in there, or something like that. Just—it's not inviting. It's—it's it's like work to take another sip. This isn't an easy drinker for me. I think it's because of the acetone type flavor in there. Interesting. Oh, to each his own. What do you think of that glass? We're drinking these out of pint glasses. Anthony's gets the Sam Adams glass tonight. Well, this is the first time I've used the Sam Adams. And I'm not sure if this is the best oh, beer to accentuate probably it. Probably not. Tonight might be the, not be the best show to accentuate it, but... I hope Santa brings me one. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. It's still fun to, to, to use because it just... It feels right. I mean, it feels like... Mm-hmm. It feels like someone thought about it. It's almost like a wee... You know, it just fits. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. I still can't get one. I, I know. That's a post-show topic, but man, I I have a beef with Nintendo. I, I'm I'm getting that that I don't know if that's what you meant by the acetone. It's a little. Is it like a little strange acidy taste on the sides? It's uh, it's how's it coming across? I mean, it's it it tastes it makes the overall beer to me have this sweeter bit to it. And, uh, like, if you've ever smelled nail polish remover, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the... I'm getting a little bit of that flavor, like what you get from the aroma there. It, it, in this beer, it's hard to isolate it because of all the roasted malt that's in there. It's hiding it. 
it's coming across. That's why I thought it was oxidized at first. Uh, but I'm more drinking. I don't think it's oxidation. I think it's that roast malt playing with the acetone flavors, which was making me think it was oxidized at first. Can I see the bottle for a second there, Jeff? Absolutely. So this is, like we said, Dundee Porter Gold Valley Brewery. Chinook bittering hops and finished with Liberty and Tetnagger. Now, could that be contributing to some of this interesting flavor? I mean, Chinook... It, it, w- it sounds like it would contribute to an inter- interesting flavor, but unfortunately I'm not able to get past what I'm, the off-flavors I'm tasting to, to get to the, the hopping in this beer. OG. still smells tremendous, which is weird because... You'd figure you should smell some nail polish remover in the uh, aroma, but no, it smells great. It smells like a nice, roasty, lots of coffee aromas. It's a beer I want to smell but not drink. Interesting. So OG at 1.058. That's not too terribly high. Yeah, that's roughly 6. Well, that would probably brew a, a 5 6% beer or yeah. something along those lines. Only uh, 20, 28 IBUs, so mm-hmm. not terribly bitter. 28 IBUs? One thing I realized when editing the show last week is I never finished my trip beer beer trip story. No, you didn't. We just <laughs> got, kind of got distracted by all the other stuff we yep. were talking about. So I left off where we went to uh, the Poconos and stopped at Barley Creek Brewing Company. And then from there, I had dinner with uh, my buddy Dave, who was um, – talked a little about this in the post show, I think, but uh, best man in my wedding and best friend throughout high school. And um, – he lives in uh, Allentown. So we went to dinner. And like, where do you want to go? I'm like, can we go to the uh, Allentown Brew Works? So we went there and had some beers. Uh, they had some decent stuff there. But that was, uh, they were all out of all their hoppy beers, right? They had no IPAs or anything. Uh, we uh, had already paid. the hop shortage that's causing yeah, some of that. We had already paid for the reserved night at back up in the Poconos. So we had to drive an hour north to go to bed. And then it turns out to get to Philly, we had to drive right past there. So we like wasted two hours in driving. <laughs> uh, we stopped at the Bethlehem Brew Works. That's where I got the Stumbling Monk from last week. We tried some of their, all their other beers. I mean, being three weeks now and not having notes for everything, it's a little bit foggy. Oh. <laughs> uh, from there, we went to uh, the Nodding Head in downtown Philly. How was that? I was really hoping they'd have the Ichbin Derber Linnerweiss. I've been a wheat Berliner. I've been a wheat. A Berliner Weiss is, is an interesting type of beer. It's a kind of it's a it's a wheat beer, a white beer, it's but it, it it's a. Has lactic acid and lactobacillus in it, so it's, it has this really sour tartness to it. It's not spontaneously fermented, is it? No, not spontaneous. No, but there's there's bugs in there, right? There's bacteria in it that may, that sours it, hmm. and uh, it's if you. Lo- I mean, it's just one of those sour beers. It's probably not one of my favorites, but because it's so hard to find, when you find one, you're just like, yeah, yeah, loving <laughs> it. Uh, in in Berlin, they're typically served with um, Woodruff syrup or like raspberry syrup, so they're sweetened a little bit, kind of like how like a frambose would be served or something like that. Okay. Um, I've never had it with Woodruff or anything, but I think they're fantastic by themselves, yeah. just deliciously lactic and tart. However, I can see how after you you know you had a couple, you might want a little bit of variety to mm-hmm. it to add a little bit of syrup. I mean, it might it, it might actually work. I don't advise. I don't like mixing beers or anything, but something along those lines, it might actually work to just mm-hmm. give a little something, a little additive. Take the edge off, too. Yeah. After wow. the uh, Nodding Head, we uh, stayed at the bed and breakfast at the General Lafayette uh, Inn, which is a brew pub. 
Which is great, having a bed and breakfast at the brew pub where you're drinking. Yeah, walk out, walk down the sidewalk, and go into the uh, the in-house, you know, the bed and breakfast house. It was great. Very safe. Uh, anytime I'm out near Philly, I'm definitely going to stay back at the General Lafayette. And then the next morning was, was a big day. Oh, we also stopped at Iron Hill that day as well on the way to Philly. That's where I got that saison I talked about in the pre-show for Thanksgiving dinner. We stopped at um, John Harvard's that's out there. Um, they just got a new brew brewmaster, and a couple of the beers are pretty good. Um, I wanted to talk to the brewmaster, but he was too busy to talk to the media. I guess <laughs> um, stopped at Mackenzie's Brew Pub, who won a gold medal for what the hell? They, they won a gold medal for um, beer that they didn't have. I was really bummed about that. It was That's saison, a, I think. And if you if you win a gold medal, you get that beer out there. Mm-hmm. I went to their pub and like. They didn't have it. I was so bad and bummed. Then with the Sly Fox and then the Victory. Did all those in one day. Victory was was pretty cool. Um, got to now, try did you get like, did the, you go in there and say, I'm from Craft Beer Radio and get like special tours? No. Not not, not a Victory. Victory, it was at night and uh, people were just, you know, at the bar, you know, whatnot. Actually, the. Because uh, I was thinking of trying that. When I go out, when I went out as boss, I didn't get mm-hmm. a chance to, but saying like you know, go to Sam Adams, saying hey, you know, I'm from Craft Beer Radio, and right. I'd like to see. Well, I was you hoping know. you'd come to Trogues with me, which is near my house. Oh, okay, and I, I, I think you guys. Well, maybe we could talk about this on the post show, but if you guys could, it's a lot of equipment here, but do on on the road shows We'd would be really to. neat. I, I think just you know we, we've me. done that before and it's tough because we did it once in a bar we did it at Sharp Edge and uh, it was a lot of work just to get all the stuff out yeah, there I believe but when fine. we did stuff with just the Eye River like when we did that post show at Mad Max that worked well right and um, now I was thinking and we, we did the, the intro stuff to the uh, second beer trip we did mm-hmm. that at the New and there's Bells. another brewery in Harrisburg um, Appalachian yes that's it yep Or and I'm close to Frederick okay yep Okay, so next, let's go to the other porter we're doing tonight. This is the Oregon Trail. Oh, it's just like the video game from elementary school. <laughs> the Oregon you Trail. have died from dysentery. dysentery yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to pronounce it. I, I'd always be like, what's this dysentery? <laughs> bourbon Barrel Porter, AOH at Oak Bourbon Barrels, Corvallis, Oregon. And I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. So I was right. I just remember going off at Corvallis, shooting the squirrels, hunting all day, day. Yeah. like shooting for 30 minutes and getting four pounds of meat. Yeah, people were like, "It's educational." You're like, "I just like shooting things mm. with those square yeah, bullets." I was wondering what was so educational about Oregon Trail on the. Uh, so it's pouring another dark beer. Mm. Surprise, surprise! Has more of a head this time. A little brown in there more than the last one. Yeah, it's really black actually, with with brown highlights at the bottom. About a finger head going on. Looks inviting. Thank you. Mm, smells very good. A lot of caramel in that smell. I like the sound of that. Here, let me give you a little bit more there. With the uh, you have the odd glass, it was hard to tell you had the proper proportions or not. This is wax covered too, so hopefully it's it hasn't released any. <laughs> the aroma is so inviting that that I'm just jumping right into the the taste. I'm getting oh, our bourbon, of course, oakiness, but I'm also getting things like cherries. Really? And, and I think that comes through to taste a little bit. There is a little slight taste of cherry. 
I mean, I'm still working on the aroma here. I'm trying to see if I can pull anything else out of that. But no, it's a great aroma on a beer. Yeah, there is some of that uh, dark fruit, maybe um, that bourbon's really coming through. Mm-hmm. Like an oak-aged barrel. Yeah. It's not harsh, though. There's lots of... It's mal- it's oh, there's, a, there's a lot of vanilla flavor in there yeah, from the oak. right. Yeah, that's nice because it's not harsh like some oak-aged or bur- bur- bourbon-aged beers are. Where it's like hot like a shot of bourbon. It's how I like my exotic dancers to smell. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's interesting because the uh, there's three distinct parts in the flavor. First sip. Let me take one more sip so I can describe this. Yeah, okay. I mean, to me... So the first sip, for beginning of the sip, is the porter. You're getting some roast. You're getting some dark fruit. And then it melds into lots of vanilla. Maybe a little bit of cherry, but mostly vanilla. And then in the aeration afterwards, then you get... Where it's most bourbony, where you get this flavor, which to me out of the three, it's the more unpleasant of the three. But unpleasant's a little harsh, right? It's 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 where it's more like an overly bourboned porter is compared mm-hmm. to the rest. But the, the like the first eighty ninety percent of the flavor is like right on. It's a great combination. Yeah, to me, it gives you a little bit of the man burps. I'm sorry to interrupt, but <laughs> a little bit of the man burps afterwards with the with the bourbon and. Like you just like you maybe just slugged a little yeah a, li- a little bourbon. To me, it's weird because I have kind of slightly different. To me, the, the bourbon hits me in the middle, and the, there's more vanilla stuff at the end. Um, but I just I wanted to point out that I think it was Sarah yesterday said she loves the use of adjectives, and you just used bourbony. So I wonder if she really appreciates that one. <laughs> now the middle part, the middle part where I'm getting all the vanilla and. Um, what else am I getting in there? That's where I get it, in the middle. The vanilla comes through in the middle. A little bit of um, you know, mocha or something like that, too. It's just this great flavor in the center. Porter, then vanilla, then bourbon. Huh. I wonder if it's because my nose is stuffed that I'm having. May I see the bottle? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wonder if it's because my nose is stuffed up that I'm having a weird, like, different has reaction. A, has a cool label from, like, a, you know, like 1850s era, <laughs> you know, one color with... Uh, Designs around the edge with flowers and leafing and stuff. Now, I mean, do they use actual bourbon barrels? Do they age it, or do they just like throw bourbon planks in there? I know that's what they do with um, Anheuser Busch. Is like Anheuser the only Bush. one who does that because they're brewing on such a scale. What Anheuser Busch does, if you're not familiar, is for the bourbon's winter cascale. They basically sandblast the outside of the kegs. They take the rings off and then throw the planks into their aging tanks because hmm. it would take too much labor to fill every barrel with. With, but. Any craft brewery is either going to use oak chips, but they're not going to. You're not going to have a bourbon, quote unquote, bourbon beer with chips, right? Because it has to be in a Jack Daniel's barrel. I mean, a home brewer could approximate it by trying to soak oak chips in bourbon and putting it in their beer. I've heard about people doing that, but I don't think many craft breweries would do that. I think they're going to get the barrels. Would that be after the fermentation? Yeah, after the primary fermentation. Uh, maybe during the secondary or, or like late, late secondary, they're gonna, just going to age it in the b- barrel for, you know, it depends on how what kind of character you want. You know, you could age it for a couple of years, but then it might be way too hot, you know. So, yeah. so it's kind of like a cellarman's job to say, okay, it's time to bottle this beer and take it out of the casks. This is enjoyable to me. I, I could I could drink a couple glasses of this and and something maybe out on a deck in a chilly night keep you warm. 
Now, bourbon itself, like all, like most beers at least, it starts out as a beer. You you brew a beer and then you distill it and turn it into oh, it's and a, an agent. It's mm-hmm. a malt beverage. There's no hops in it, so it's right. technically a beer. But yeah, a lot of grains are. Uh, what, what does bourbon use? It uses wheat. I'm not sure. Maybe it uses barley. I think it uses barley. Yeah, it might use barley. Or they just they brew it. They they mash it. They boil it. Then they use distiller's yeast and ferment it, and then they distill it down. So. And then my neighbors run it in their car <laughs> across county. You're <laughs> <laughs> being chased by the, the law dogs. Do you live on My Name is Earl? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. I, I'm really liking this beer. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's one of my, I, I mean, uh, off the top of my list, you know, checklist of great bourbon beers. It's having a hard time think, I'm having a hard time thinking of one that I like better than this right now. And I really love the fullness of it. I mean, as, mm-hmm. as compared to the last one, which was less, you know, more watery, this is really full. Yeah. More along the true porter, I think. You know what beer? I'm, I was jonesing the other day. It came in the same shipment from Rick. Uh, that gingerbread ale. That bison gingerbread. Remember oh, that? Oh, man, vaguely, but... Uh, that was so good. Gingerbread ale. That's there was I'm... this porter that was... Uh, called gingerbread and like i've had a lot of ginger beers which taste like ginger like you know like ginger you eat with sushi right but this one tasted like gingerbread cookies mm. <laughs> it was really good are you guys a big fan of uh i'm sure i probably don't remember you guys talking about this but uh, pumpkin owls and uh they have to be done immaculately well for me to like them but they have been done back in the I've had some good ones, yeah. Uh, really, really, the idea behind pumpkin ales is do not drink a pumpkin ale if you've ever drank anything else that night. Oh, um, okay. If you're, if you're yeah, only drinking pumpkin point. ales the entire night, I think you'll really enjoy it. If you drink it after an IPA, mm-hmm. it's going to taste gross. Now are you guys going to do all – sorry to throw all these questions at you, but no, go ahead. you have to understand this is really exciting for me to be here. I <laughs> think you guys do the quality podcast, but uh, – what about a holiday show? Are you guys planning something like, you know, with the richer, um, more alcoholy, warm beers for the In the wintertime, we'll do some barley wine shows and heavier. We're getting into the season now. There's snow yeah. on the ground. So mm-hmm. we can we can do some heavier beers now, which is great because Greg and I are planning on the idea of doing a barley wine show in the middle of summer just to mix things up. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, we're. I mean, I'm not... We did a Christmas. We did a couple of Christmas shows last year, holiday shows. Yeah, we did like four and um, four in a row. You throw some Scotch elves into that. Well, we did like all Christmas beers. We did so they releases. were spiced or holiday releases. Okay. So like the Sam Adams old Fezziwig and. How, what do you guys think of that old Fezziwig? I'm, I'm I had it last year and I really enjoyed it and I'm looking forward. I basically been casing mm-hmm. the, the the places. I, I had one from it. last year just the other day, and I thought it was much improved over when it was fresh. Actually, really, <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked it then. I, I seem to recall when we had it when it was fresher that it was. Well, we did it with a flight with a bunch of Christmassy spiced beers, mm-hmm. and I, from what I recall, it didn't come out that high in the ranking. Yeah. But I mean, you know, our recommendation is try something like. Well, I mean. Tried the rating king of, of ours, which is the winter solstice from uh, Anderson uh, Valley. Anderson Valley, yeah, and that's it's, out of that's out of Mendocino, California. Okay, and actually, we can go to Mount Max and get some tonight. <laughs> it's, it's an option. I'm excited about that. 
Mad Max is three miles away from here. Okay. <laughs> this is Cranberry. So we could walk. <laughs> okay. We could walk if we can't drive. <laughs> Might take a while. But. I'm s- you know, the, the more I sip on this, uh, and the, the more warm it gets, I think the, the more the taste comes out. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm enjoying this a lot better now that it's a little more room temperature than... Than when we first cracked it, I think this is a, this is a beer that uh, you know, like most porters and stouts, is better the warmer it gets because more that more those flavors like, come out. Is that like forty five, fifty degrees? Yeah, I mean, I would say even like even up to fifty five or so hmm. for this one. Yeah, fifty five. I would say it's much 55. on the. This one would be good on the. I enjoy beers warmer than the recommended temperatures for a bunch of styles and anything like this that's bourbon barrel imperial. Oak, you know, anything that has that an adjective on top of it like that means drink it warmer to me. I mean, that's pretty much, I mean, it's not really a rule because there'll be the, uh, oh, I don't know, there'll be something. There'll be a uh, double Dortmunder or something. Right, there'll be like an Imperial Pilsner or something like that. This could still be drank a little bit warmer, but not, not 55 or anything like that. We had that beer, what was it the other, the other time we had a beer that was better cold? Oh, it was the, uh, the Voodoo... Uh, Avoid uh, big brown ale. Yeah, Winona's big. Yeah, where you had to put it back into the refrigerator. Yep, that one yeah. right there. Yep. And it was just, it was better cold, and it, it, it's rare, but it just for some reason those flavors just kind of some of those flavors that came out weren't as good. The big, the black, the hoppy. <laughs> hey, he, he's done his homework. This is the show. So, uh, I'm curious. Give me a little bit of background about your your beer geekiness. Like, well, well okay. okay. I mean, how long have you been into good beers? Um, you know, what are some of the breweries that you like? What are some styles you like? Things like that. All right. Well, you know, I, I think I was your average beer college guy, and I'm going to drink it, and 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 you know, that's that's splurge tonight and get some good stuff, some Grolsch, some Guinness, some. Some uh, St. Pauli's girl. And um, I've got two friends, and Greg is one of them. And the other one is a guy named Dave from uh, Greensburg, Pennsylvania, who really... And Dave is still a... Uh, Dave's a hophead. You know, I think I've heard you guys t- talk about hophead. And, um, so Dave got me turned on to that, the, the, the hockey-type beer. And I've always loved Guinness. I, I drink it... You know, by the caseload, and maybe not so much in the past few years, but uh, just basically holiday time, holiday times with Greg, we would uh, he'd bring over maybe four or five beers, and we would taste them, and he would give me his rundown, and then okay, this past year I've really been going frequent in a place, and I'll throw it in, maybe you know, maybe they'll be listening it, to it tonight because I've asked them to is. Uh, the Corner Pub in Hagerstown, which is owned by an older gentleman that is a connoisseur of, I, I mean, I think you guys would really love this guy um, of great, great beer. And, you know, they're they're German and they uh, they see beer as food, not as drink. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, getting these different beers down Sounds there. Sounds like a great local pub. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then after you eat, after you drink all the, all, all, I mean, they have things you... You won't, don't see around Pittsburgh on tap, you know, Trogues and Wild Goose and I um, can't think of anything else right now, but, but you can get uh, some food right there. And then we also have another pub called the Schmenkel Stubi, which is a, more of a restaurant, but they have only German beers on tap. So it, it's really over the past, you know, the course of this past year 
where where I've went back to beer. I started okay. a wine tasting. You know, I've I've always loved beer, but but you know, maybe this past year is when I've really been focusing in on the the beer geekiness and and you know, as far as favorite breweries, I I would have to say Trogues. Okay. Um, Victory. I, I'm very much American, I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm proud of I'm proud of the fact, you know, Dogfish Head in uh, Brooklyn, which is of course why that news saddened me so much. I, I've never had a Brooklyn beer that, you know, I didn't just love and want more right. of. Yeah. And so so uh, I'm trying to explore right now the the, the sour beers and. Um, I, I, don't I know. guess we're going to have to do something we special killer one later on. Show, don't we? Well, I think we should do, we could probably do it at the end of the main show, Maybe. but I think we're going to have to have a, a coup d'état okay. for you. And uh, what well, the the other beers? Uh, you know, I'm trying to get into to the the Trappist beers, and and it, I would say that's mixed success. Right yeah, now. I, I agree. I mean, Trappist beers. You get if you fall for the hype, you, I think you might be a lot of people will be disappointed. I, I had a friend that became a Trappist monk in college. He, uh, well, he got involved with some things he probably shouldn't have. <laughs> and he went home over to the summer, and um, his parents basically were either going to kick him out on the street, or he had like a week to choose a profession and. He chose to be a Trappist monk, and I don't know if it was a brewery monk or. But I, I heard, and this is you know was, that it was a silent. You know, there's I guess certain sects of Trappist monks that don't talk at all mm-hmm. forever. They th- and we've never heard from this guy before. And Damien knows him. You'll have to ask ask Damien about this guy. But uh, I'm I'm having a hard time with the Trappist brews right now. I mean. Some of them are okay. I think you got to go into a Belgian stuff a little bit slowly. I think you got to approach them with something like doubles, something that's. Uh, I, I like doubles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you say it? Du- Just double. Double. Or some people say double. Mm. But uh, I mean, like I think triples are kind of hard to wrap your head around. Unless you find some really good ones. Yeah. Like Green Flash. The Chimay we had last week was pretty good. What color Chimay was that? The white. The white. Okay. Cause I, I had the uh, blue and the red last week. And I, I, trying to think which one I, I like the red and the, and the blue was, yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, I, I actually liked the blue more last week, even though I've always thought the red was better. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's funny how sometimes flight of fancy will get you in different ways. Um, yeah, my my favorite Trappist beer, generally available, okay. <laughs> leaving, leaving West Veteran out of the mix because right. you can't get them here in the United States. Probably Orval. Orval, yeah, it's a. It actually has a, a bit of a sourness to it in the flavor. It's a. It's a. I guess it's a Belgian pale ale. You know, Dorval. Uh, I think Rochefort is very good too. Yeah, uh, like Rochefort Ten uh, is uh, really delicious. To, ju- to jump subjects, I had that. I was telling Greg on the ride over that I had the the Dole Teve Mad. I guess they nickname it Mad Bitch, um, or Bitch. See, I don't think that's a Trappist. No, no, no. But I mean, I'm just jumping all over the place. Yeah. But, um, back to oh, like, kind I, I've of the seen sour. the brewery, the Dole, De Dole yeah. or De Dole or something like that. But I haven't had anything from them. Okay, our next beer is Trumpeter Imperial Stout from Saget River Brewery. Now this is pouring. Now you you actually went out and did a a tasting. Mount which, Vernon, Washington. Uh, how did that come about? The tasting. Well, of course, I was inspired by you guys and. Uh, I, you know, I've been listening to your show off and on until you guys got on iTunes. You know, it's really been off and on. 
once you guys are on, now that you're on iTunes, it's on, and you better believe that. I, I'm a big fan of craft beer radio. I wish you'd have a sticker or something, actually. But um, actually, I have. You can go on our website, and I have stickers on our uh, Cafe Press store. You could okay, order one. Okay. I I only have. I ordered one myself, and I can show it to you. But we don't have any uh, stickers to hand out. That'd be a good thing to hand out, though. We should. Yeah, we probably should get some stickers made up. And I was really happy my wife tasted with me. And, and that gave us a nice night. And she actually, one of the beers we got that night was the Linen Kugel's Berry Weiss. And she loved it. Yeah. And um, I liked it. it. I mean, it was Berry Weiss. Hey, it's a gold medal winner. <laughs> it was fruity. And we had that last, which, you know, I planned it last. We had the Big Easy was one of the beers. Hmm. That's a, that's a similar smell to the last one. This is the Trumpeter Imperial Stout from Saget River Brewery in Mountain Vernon, Washington. And it's, um, I'm getting a little bit of roasty, dark fruit aroma out of it, but really not a ton. And, uh, yeah, I see you cupping your hands around the glass or trying to get a better aroma. It's kind of one you have to go hunt for. Mm-hmm. See, I'm just smelling my hands if I do that. <laughs> it's, it's really a, another dark black beer with... Very, very, very dark brown highlights at the bottom. Flavor-wise, there's a little mistake in this one's an Imperial Stout. It has a full mouthfeel. I mean, it's not Dark Lord full, but it's a full mouthfeel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. And there's a lot of that molasses flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, with- see, that's that's what I call man candy. I know you guys don't <laughs> refer to it, but, but nice Imperial Stouts are... That's what I consider the man candy. Yeah, but uh, go ahead, Greg. There's, there's there's a hoppy there's a hoppy bite with that uh, with that molasses uh, that's coming through right right there at the beginning. It's really just rolling across your tongue. It's very very good. Mm-hmm. The only thing I say it's lacking, and this is only because for my top shelf imperial stouts. I want some alcohol warming in the flavor as well. Yeah, I'm not getting. And that. this one doesn't have much alcohol warming in the flavor. It's, mm-hmm. It may be there the alcohol. But it's hidden. And I just like an Imperial Stout. I like tasting a little bit of burning and, you know, a little bit yeah. of alcohol. I like Imperial Stouts to turn my chest hair a little more gray than they already are. <laughs> but other than that, the flavor is great. It just it doesn't get those extra credit points. It actually it becomes a little bit more drinkable, though, because of that. Well, it's similar to the uh, – I probably shouldn't throw this in there, but what the hell. The Sammy Smith Imperial Stout. Um, with a little less of that alcohol bite, it got some of the same flavors dancing on the sides of my tongues on the uh, after, in the aftertones. It's been a long time since I had Samuel Smith. Yeah, but me too. To me, and my vague memory of it, this one seems a little more hoppier, bitter on it. it seems to be more American hopping in it. Where's this one from? Mount Vernon, Washington. Mount Vernon. These are all West Coast so far. Huh? What's the alcohol content? It's not on the label. Not on the label. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing it's probably around eight. Because I can start to feel it a bit. I can feel it mm-hmm. hitting me. Like Jeff said, though, I would like that uh, that, the burning, that alcohol yeah. bite. You know, Imperial Stouts are supposed to make you warm. And Doesn't that go back to the history of, of the Imperial Stout? Yeah, the, uh, the original Russian Imperial Stouts were, were sent to Russia... Uh, for the czar, for the czar, and they were they were overly hopped in order to be preserved, and they were also made a lot stronger just so that they wouldn't freeze. 
And, uh, well, I think the Russians kind of liked a stronger beer, too. Well, I mean, that, too. But, but they mean, didn't want it to freeze on the trip yeah. across, from England across the Bering Sea. So, so or not, the Bering, not the Bering Sea. The, uh, <laughs> and, and that's the wrong side of Russia. Uh, what, what ocean's that? Uh, As I try all these new beers and drink them, that, that's Ocean. one of the, the things I find most interesting is the history. I'm a uh, history teacher by trade. So... Um, other than a few specific, oh yeah, I, I, that's the one thing I'm really like in, into right now is reading about about the history and uh, of the different beers, and I'm actually starting to uh, look into that Belgian type thing, and, and that that that's odd for me. I, that's all I want to say about that. Is that's odd for me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, a, I'm an American historian, so. Well, you might be interested in the, uh, did you get any of the Poor Richard's Ale from last year? Poor Richard's? Yeah, the um, the the, Amer- the Brewers Association used some historians and some brewers to come up with this beer that would have been brewed, that Ben Franklin would have brewed, and they called it Poor Richard's Ale. And then breweries all over the country brewed the beer or their interpretation of that beer. Wow. That's and probably why he got so many women. <laughs> I mean, he did. Well, he went to France also. So. Wow. He got women everywhere. Not unlike myself. Don't spit your beer all over the place, Greg. <laughs> the um, Trumpeter Imperial Style on Beer Advocate does not have the alcohol listed. They don't even have a picture of the bottle, so I might have to take a photo of this one and send it in to them. I, to ask you guys, um, how how uh, consistent do you find the ratings on BeerAdvocate.com? <laughs> we don't pay attention to the ratings. You don't, you you don't. Well, I, it depends on what you're looking to find. I won't look at. I never look at the ratings before we do a show. I mean, I just don't want to be tainted that way. Right. I they have a huge bias towards high alcohol and, and uber hoppy beers. Of course. I mean, I mean, for the average listener, and he he goes into the bar and he sees maybe a few beers he doesn't ever hasn't ever heard. It, of. It's tough because if an average listener goes into a bar, I've seen guys at Three Sons with the top fifty beers printed out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, which of these beers do you have? Oh. That's kind of okay. It'd be better if the Three Sons or the bottle shop or the bar had printouts. Actually, you can go to, you can print out shelf talkers for these beers on Beer Advocate. Mm-hmm. And um, you can put them like with the beer. Like, you know, like, actually, I did this for our happy hour at work one time. We went out and went shopping, got a bunch of beers. So I printed out all the shelf talkers and I pasted them on the beer fridge. And people kind of got a little bit excited about it. Like, certain, they're like a couple days before the beer, the happy hour, they're looking at the fridge and like picking out the beers they want to try and stuff like that. So it kind of built a little bit of excitement around the happy hour. To give you an example, this beer is, is an 83 on Beer Advocate. I would probably give it... These, the subtitle for 83 ranks in the good call category, right. which is like less than recommended. Right. And I, I would probably rank this beer in the recommended I for, would for go myself. 87 88 with this beer probably if I mm. had to if I had to go on a number scale uh, maybe even a little bit higher um, at a beer that they would consider like 99 would be Russian Imperial Stout from Stone I would say 73 74 hmm. so it's um, now if I can't get a hold of you Greg what I usually do is <laughs> google the beer right. from my phone and and go off this beer advocate rating you know, well, as long as it's not marked a void, I'd say try it. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to take it. You you know the biases that the beer advocate reviewers have, so you can take yes. that into account. Yeah. I mean, everything's going to be subjective. I mean, there's not a perfect formula. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's one thing you guys can consistently come through in your show is enjoy the beer and respect the beer for what it is. Yeah. Not not for what you like or or for what is the brewer trying to achieve with this particular brew. Respect that and, and taste it and enjoy it and yeah. and move on. I mean, there's always I mean that, that's really that's what I something I don't talk show. about enough is yeah, we you you nailed it. You know, we we've really been able to expand our palates over the last couple of years doing this show. And we can appreciate just about any style of beer, even cream ale or American premium lager. Mm-hmm. If, well, not, well, Greg and his bias against Budweiser. <laughs> no, I'm just no, there's some there's some great. I mean, well, well I know some, you think highly of last Bud night. Ma- um, my brother brewers. had had a medical condition, so he can't have alcohol for the next couple months. Mm-hmm. So he had um, he didn't drink really great beer to begin with. But last night at Thanksgiving, he had some old Milwaukee NA beer, hmm. and I gave that a try. And it, 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 for a American malt lager, it had a nice flavor. I mean, it was a little bit sweet, a little bit cloying almost. I mean, you don't really mix cloying in these beers, right. but I mean, there was a, just a lot of sweetness in this beer. And, uh, but I didn't think it was horrible. And, uh, that's not something I'd order all the, you know, order, I mean, but it's well, not to say well, that's a- one thing I especially enjoy. And I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt again, Greg, but you, the, the, you guys don't, you're not subjective. I mean, to a degree, you you try well, to we, analyze we, the beer. Yeah, we don't diss any style of beer. Yeah, and you know, if if a beer's a bad beer, which other than the skunkiness that we get, we don't, chill. We don't get too many. Well, we haven't done. Well, that's another thing. We kind of like avoid, and we don't do bad beers. Well, on there's the show. that tomato beer, the tomato and crab, tomato, beer. Yeah. tomato, tomato, crab. Yeah. Tomacco beer. Well, that yeah. actually sounds good to me. I mean, <laughs> I'm from Maryland, so you know we we eat crabs in our sleep. But no, I appreciate that you said that because um, you know we definitely can't are able to review the beer on its merits per its style. Yes, and we don't diss on any styles. Um, it's a respectable show. But, but that, one thing that, that you know we probably don't make enough mention of is that some of our listeners might not enjoy the style. You know, like. I guess it's really hard to qualify that. I guess they kind of just have to know that ahead of time themselves, right? right? That, okay, these guys really like this Great Lakes Dortmunder Gold. It's a Greg can't stop creaming about it because he right. loves it so much. Shooting, Shooting his wads. Shooting his wad about it. And, um, but a Dortmunder is probably a style that a lot of our hophead listeners probably don't like at yeah. all. They probably would say Great Lakes. They probably, they think, probably would think that this is Budweiser wine I drink. Or it tastes mm. like Pilsner or Quell, a skunky yeah. Pilsner or Quell or something like that. Well, so. you, and, and this should be for the post show, but alt beer. You, you you guys need a show on alt beer. We do. We, do. we need to we, find some alt beers. Yeah, <laughs> that's the hard part. We've had we've had good alt beers. We've had terrible ones. Uh, and like if I, we went to the three biggest bottle shops in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. we might find two two or two. three alt beers. So yeah. Well, we'll just have a lot to of take a trip for, over to Germany. I guess so. Yeah, go to Dusseldorf. Then we'll have plenty. Next, <laughs> if I could ever stop going to Japan. So that was the Trumpeter Imperial Stout from Second River Brewery. And like I said, it, other than not having the alcohol warming, I have no complaints about that beer. Nice purple label, uh, crown on it. Swan on top of the crown, you sure? Big black 22 bomber, smiling at us. <laughs> Enjoyable. 
part of the Washington's Brewers Guild. So these three were from uh, West Coast. This last one, yeah, is these were all beer. these were all provided to us by uh, Liquid Solutions, courtesy of Rick Sellers. What, what's Liquid Solutions? Liquid Solutions is a website, and since you live in Maryland, you could probably purvey it. But you can order beers, and they'll send them to you in the mail. Yes. <laughs> See, Pennsylvanians can't order from Liquid Solutions because it's illegal to ship beer to consumers inside Pennsylvania. Okay. The shipping's expensive. So don't go there thinking you're going to get a great deal. That's I'm not. It's going to cost you some money to get these beers. But um, look for the bison gingerbread. Bison gingerbread. That's what you're talking about, the cookie. Yeah, yeah. The cookie. That's the, the, okay, now we're drinking the Southern Tier, Southern Tier Oat. Now they're in Ithaca, right? They are in uh, Lakewood. Lakewood, Lakewood, New York. So is that near Ithaca, up towards the no, lakes? No, it, it's it's actually in the southern part. It's not too far from Erie. About yeah. an hour, hour and a half from Erie. Hmm. So and this then, is just called Oat. Okay, the subtitle for this is Imperial Oatmeal Stout, which is a uh, a style that you don't see all that often. Recommended serving temperatures forty eight degrees. It's eleven percent alcohol by volume. Two row pale malt, oats, caramel malt, barley flakes. Chocolate malt, black malt, kettle hops is Columbus and Willamette. This is the darkest beer of the night. Store in a cool black. place, serve in a snifter. Wow. Snifter? Yeah, they said Well, the Sam Adams is everything. Yeah, Sam Adams is the The label's great because it's a horse with a feed bag. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm. Great label. And, and it, I want to be a horse, and I want <laughs> this to be my feed bag. One thing that... With the aroma. I noticed about, and I haven't tasted this yet, but most oat beers, if they really have that oat flavor, have a little bit of gooeyness. It's kind of associated with A little with bit that of gooey. Oat. I don't love oatmeal, oatmeal stouts. See, oh, I, I... I love them. Oh, yeah, oat stout is where, you know, I want to live. The, the, I like oatmeal. I eat plain oatmeal all the time. But oatmeal stouts, they have this, like, this flavor that it's almost... Metally or tinny, it has a strange flavor to it to me. And I, I don't, I don't I love it. Like that stuff. noble twang? You I mean it's the same sort it, of tinniness? It's different than noble twang, but it's a, it's similar. I mean, it, that that smells like a like a oat oat stout. I mean, if, if you want to, you know, everybody out there, that's sm- you know, smelling this beer smells like your typical oat stout. Nothing outrageous. Nothing. Underrageous, if that's a See, word. To me, I'm smelling more of an imperial smell, imperial stout. I don't have any cues as to oatmeal from the aroma on this one. Oh, I'm getting alcohol warming in the aroma. It's reminding me of like a Bell's Expedition. That's kind of what the aroma I mean, is really reminding me of. Getting the warming in the aroma, you said? Yeah, yeah. A little bit of alcohol. Okay. I'm going to go for the this taste is, now. This is when I really closed in and stuck my nose in there. I think you'll like this one. Oh. I like that. Jeff, Jeff's been talking about that alcohol warming and that. that, that how's that? Almost like the Imperial should have. It's real okay. sweet out front. It has a very full mouth feel. A little bit of, of the oat it is adding to okay. kind of uh, that sort of I mean, gooeyness is very much like the Stone Imperial without so much sweetness. Yeah, without without the overt bitterness too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, Old Rasputin, kind of along those lines. Yeah, it's it's, it's a lot like but, that, but a little bit creamier, a lot creamier than Old Rasputin. Yeah, creamy is a good way to put it. It's, I think it's the way I think it. the oats are giving it the creaminess. May I see the bottle? Absolutely. All right. <laughs> There's the horse. There's me eating the feed bag of oats. Can you, uh, switch now, this tastes like a beer that uh, really 
has put its work into like the the barley and 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 the malt. You know, they've really oh yeah. So this is like a mix of of Southern Tier beer. Southern Tier has their normal lineup: Fit and Matt's Extraordinario, IPA, which is delicious, one of my favorite regular American IPAs. Porter, they have a Hefeweizen. Then they have their Imperial series, where they have Hoppy and Unearthly, and uh, that other one. Yeah, uh, Red. They have Red. They also have the. Uh, do, do they have the Imperial? Um uh, white, yeah, uh, they might. No, I don't. I know uh, Southampton has an imperial white. I'm Southampton, not sure. right? Yeah. Southampton. But anyway, they also had a Blackwater series. And Greg and I, a couple years ago, we drove out to the Rivertown Inn to try. There is their, yeah. one of the first Blackwater series. Now, this is an interesting bottle because it's part of the Blackwater series, but it also has the imperial label. So it's convergence of their their dark beers. And their Imperial series with really cool names like Oat. <laughs> I think I think they did a nice job setting out what they tried to do on this beer. Um, there are all these Imperial beers. Now, some people say it's easy to brew an Imperial beer. It's easy to uh, brew a hoppy beer. Jim Cook would say that, absolutely. But Southern Tier has done a really good job putting this lineup together. I think, really it's, I, I think it's easy to brew, but it's hard to get it right. And well, get six in a row, right? Yeah. You know, that's where it's... Mm. They're doing something other than luck, getting all of them good. Is this the first year they've done this? Is this a... I think this is the first year they put Ode out, yeah. the uh, This label format here with the silk screen and, uh, you know, this crown and this imperial. That's like the same on all of them. And, uh, yeah, this is the first dark one. Usually they're crazy hoppy beers. They had three, like, double IPAs and mm. extra pale ales. There was Unearthly and Hoppy and, and one other one I can't think of right now. Oh, uh, the the Uber Sun. Right, Uber Sun. Yeah, there you go. The Uber Sun oh. is an imperial wheat. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, f- we're finishing we're the oat. The, the oat. <laughs> I think we're all seriously enjoying the yeah, oat. Yeah, this is, this is really good. I think that uh, – well, I don't have a question. What's number one? Everybody? Yeah, so it's time we like clank some bottles around and make all kinds of table noise because we're going to be ranking these beers. But I think they're going to be relatively on the easy side today. And this is the first time in a long time I didn't have to stop and consider. So well, let me go first okay. since I actually know what I want. Uh, number one beer tonight is the oat from Southern Tier. Had the alcohol warming. That creaminess from the oats was great. It didn't have that tinniness that I worry about when I taste oatmeal stouts, like uh, like Samuel Smith's oatmeal stout or uh, Trogue's oatmeal stout, things like that. Mm. Um, it just I don't want to diss the beers on style, right? But just that flavor doesn't appeal to me. Number two is the Oregon Trail Bourbon Barrel Porter. That vanilla flavor in the center was... You did not get dysentery. So... <laughs> dysentery. <laughs> Try, trying Make to your f- own tombstone. <laughs> trying to ford the river and the, the wagon capsized. Uh, okay, so that's number two. It was just that vanilla was, was yummy and tasty. Number three, I'm going to put the, uh, the Trumpeter Imperial Stout, which was... I liked everything about it. Except it didn't the, get um, the extra credit points for the alcohol warming. And the Dundee Porter was the only beer with a flaw, in my opinion, tonight. It had that acetone flavor, this weird alcohol-y, high-fusel alcohols thing. Um, just the aroma was delicious, but flavor, not so much. Didn't come through. Anthony? All right. Can I see the bottles? You can, indeed. 
All right, the order I'm going to put them in is, uh, number one, the Oregon Trail Bourbon Barrel Porter. I thought that was a nice balance. I'm not a huge fan of uh, anything bourbon, especially since the 90s when I punched a couple cops uh, <laughs> under the influence. Of, no, I'm just kidding about that. But but the, the I thought the bourbon barrel, was, the drinkability was easy. The, the, the flavors were complex, and, and, I, and I enjoyed it. The vanilla is what I think tipped it off to be number one tonight. Number two, I would put the uh, Trumpeteer Imperial Stout. A nice, mellow Imperial Stout. Uh, nothing outrageous. I wouldn't write Mom about this beer or email her. But, but I, w- you know, I, I would definitely say it's quality, enjoyable. Um, it's a good, maybe higher alcohol level, but, but a decent session beer. Something I want to have a few good friends and maybe uh, some meat eat, eat over. Definitely um, be good with meat. The third was uh, the Southern Tier Oat. Uh, very nice uh, oat stout. Um, I was expecting something more, and and the more I drank it, the, the I kept waiting for it, and it never came. And I can't describe it any better than that. And the Dundee Porter ranks fourth, and and that you know that that is not uh, any diss to the Golden Valley Brewery. You know that's seems like a relatively new brewery, and and. Um, not a bad porter, you know, by any means, but but just you know, it was out shunned tonight by the, by the other beers, and you know, it was a nice heavy night, and I'm glad you guys picked this sort of thing because this is my forte more <laughs> more than being a hophead. So, Greg, uh, okay, uh, I would go with Southern Tier Oat first. I think that I really enjoy. I, I love oat stuff. I love the the kind of gooiness that goes along with the oats and. It's just that you know oats make that if you want to get really scientific about it, they make that that protein matrix that just kind of really stretches around and kind That's of really what she gives said. it full. That is what she said several times, and I didn't really know what to make of it. And uh, then I would pick the uh, the bourbon barrel was it the uh, the bourbon barrel porter from Oregon Trail. I, I I got a slightly different flavor than you guys did, but I really did enjoy it and. Uh, all that bourbon stuff. I generally don't like it when things overdo it with bourbon. So and it surprised I, me that it was not. I, I don't think it was overdone at all. I think it was yeah. done just right. Uh, my number three would be the uh, Trumpeter Imperial Stout. Uh, it was it was number two for a while. I wasn't sure whether it was going to be that or the bur- or the bourbon barrel porter because even though Jeff likes the alcohol burning, I kind of like it when that alcohol burning is a little bit mellow. It's a little different. Yeah. So. I mean, the Trumpet Imperial Stout is right there as number three, uh, really close. Now, number four, kind of far away, actually, is the uh, the Dundee Porter. Uh, I, I didn't like it that. I mean, it was okay. It was, it was drinkable. It had that going for it. But, uh, I mean, compared to these other ones, which were, you know, rich and, and malty and roasty, it really, it didn't. It, it didn't compete with these guys. You're right. Not at all. So it's going to be number four. All right, great. Uh, yeah, I'm loving this stuff. This is the first time Greg and I have agreed in the rankings in a long yeah. time. <laughs> a long time. And as for Anthony, I, I don't know what he's thinking. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm just well, kidding. Well, the bottom line is I expected, you know, and I, I apologize to Southern Tier, but I expected a lot of that brew, and I don't know if it delivered. Uh, you know, I expected when don't I when I saw the bottles. Southern Tier. Yeah, but I mean, when I saw the bottles, I expected not, we don't that do to be the show one. to uh, to to blow smoke up. You know, these breweries mm-hmm. behind behind. 
But no. I wanted that out to hit me, and it just didn't hit me enough. Okay. You know, I wanted it to err uh, from my Believe me, there's gut. part of us that would love nothing more than the crap on say West Letter. There's, there's part of us that, that kind oh, of... The crap on stone? Yeah. You know, we've done it. You know. that, that wants to, because just because we, we want to, I mean, we, we want to say something that's different. It's just, you know, the beer keeps impressing us and never lets us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we want to be critical about beers because... Uh, you know, as a critic, that's that's fun. It, it's it's fun for you to to make fun of something, but uh, you know, if it, sometimes it doesn't generally appear, we drink good beers. Yeah, yeah, that's just the way it goes in the show. Mm-hmm. I expect a lot out of my oatmeal, and <laughs> I, I can tell that. I can tell that. And see, I liked it because it was less of that signature oatmeal flavor. Because mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of that flavor. I need to, you when I drink an oatmeal stout. It's for to be full and and to feel good and and maybe to sit back and watch Indianapolis Colts lose a game <laughs> if that ever happens. But but the Southern Tier just didn't do it. And, and do I think that they put a lot of work into it? Yes. You know, in time, yes. Um, yeah. And I think maybe they they just took away from that oatmeal flavor that might have did it for me. All right. Well, we're running long on time, so we're going to wrap up this show. There's Thank you guys to, for having me. Absolutely. You were a great guest. Uh, You're glad had to had a lot to say. I think this is probably one of our most, other than when we had Scott on, this was one of our most, um, what's the word I'm looking for, cohesive shows with a third person. Uh, we had, when we had Scott from Eastern Brewing on, he he fit in really well. Well, I don't, well Keith was good, too. Well, Greg's a very good friend of mine, and you guys Keith made me Keith and Aaron and, and Jeff, it, it all felt like, oh, there's another person where Scott and Anthony are like... They, they, they know the show. They, so, they fit yeah. in. Yeah, so... Well, thank you guys for having thank me. I mean, you guys do the quality podcast in the United States. That, and I will push it in Hagerstown, Maryland. And you get... You, craft Beer Radio. That That is the place well, to be. Thank you very much. Thanks. Tune in the push-up. It's going to be at least an hour long. It's the quality if podcast. Not, if not it two is. hours long. <laughs> That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information.